welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 234. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Voyager's sixth season episodes, Collective, Spirit Folk, and Ashes to Ashes. Here we go. Collective, season six, episode 16, production code 235, original air date February 16th, 2000. Directed by Allison Liddy, story by Andrew Shepard Price and Mark Gaberman, teleplay by Michael Taylor, music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Manu and Tarami as Icheb, Marley S. McLean as Mazadi, Kurt Weatherill as Azan, Cody Weatherill as Rebbe, and Ryan Spawn as First. Chakotay, Kim, Paris, and Neelix are taken hostage when the Delta Flyer is captured by a Borg cube. However, the cube is littered with dead drones and controlled solely by a small group of unmatured Borg children who are left behind, unworthy of reassimilation. The underdeveloped drones attempt to assimilate their captives while Janeway sends Seven of Nine to negotiate. Her infrastructure has been removed. We could fix her. You will add to our perfection. You are neonatal drones. You should still be in maturation chambers. We've matured long enough. Doubtful. Your thoracic nodes haven't formed yet. Uh, Steve, um, I'd like to hear your initial thoughts on collective, or your if you can collect your thoughts together <laughs> for me. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mostly remember this as being kind of the start of the Borg Kids saga, sort of. You know, I mean, they kind of obviously they don't all make it, and then some stay longer than others. But I always, I always found it kind of intriguing. I liked the idea of it, and it was an added dimension to explore uh, Seven's character. I think this is a, a fine episode. I, um, I don't, as a standalone, without kind of the whole saga of the more kids episodes that to come i mean i think it's i think it's fine i don't know that's great um i think uh, like it serves mostly as a vehicle to explore seven's character and i also think um it's it's an interesting uh facet of the morgue of course that we haven't seen before you know what do you what do you get when you have a drone that is not fully matured and, and we get a little bit of insight into the process of what goes on and how they mature drones and so on and so forth and um so i think it's interesting and i i i like i like these episodes that deal with like each ebb and and his relationship with seven and these kinds of things overall and this is kind of the beginning of that yeah i agree out of context i think this is a mostly pedestrian episode there isn't much new here at least it doesn't feel like it it's not bad but it's mostly interesting for Knowing, especially in particular with Echeb, where they're going to take that on the show, I always felt like um, I kind of wish they had done some done this maybe a little bit sooner. I think they they probably could have done more with those characters because as is, we're barely going to get a season. But it is fun to me that because of that, like seeing Echeb, it has that feeling of this is this is like as modern as this is the more the most modern. D, uh, uh, Voyager, <laughs> you know, just right, a basically right. season seven, that feel, which is a, f- a fun thing for me. It's like seeing the next gen crew on Nemesis, even though I maybe don't love that movie. That was like uh, up until mm-hmm. Picard, that mm-hmm. was the most, con- you know, current. Anyway, Adam, your first thoughts here on Collective? Yeah, I pretty much um, agree with what's been said so far. Um, yeah, the episode's fine. I wouldn't say it's um, like it's not oh my gosh or you know and it's not bad or anything like that i i did notice you know a couple episodes we got the um same away team who are out on the delta flyer and they got um you know they had those um that memorial dreams i don't know if these four should be allowed to go on um away missions together anymore anyway that's right, right. The point. <laughs> yeah i mean it's a little different take on the borg um it's also, I mean, I guess one of the challenges with um, Voyager, and I'm sure they dealt with this throughout the series, is like having reoccurring characters. In all the other series, you know, you get there are there have been it's it's much easier to do reoccurring characters when you're kind of floating around in the same part of space. Obviously, Voyager is not staying in the same part of space, so it's um, I kind of find it interesting that they kind of waited, like you said, Brian, they kind of waited till like you know we're in the second half of season six and only have a seven left that they kind of it seemed like this concept kind of would have been obvious to kind of take on a passenger for a while to kind of you know as a, a reoccurring character type thing 
But, um, you know, we do get some interesting, like Steve was saying, we get some in- interesting insight from Seven about her her and her growth as, um, you know, human being human. Um, um, so, you know, we got that going forward. And, I, you know, and I remember I remember liking this kind of the storyline with her and the, the children. And if um, memory serves, like um, each episode, the last one, the other three they find homes for, right? And then it's just each episode is the last one. But I can't remember exactly what happens to him, but I guess I'll find out along the way. Yeah, it is interesting to get our first uh, a-hole Borg. Hmm. I'm not sure we ever really had one because you mm-hmm, know the board mm-hmm. for the most part they're the part of the collective. You, you don't you wouldn't really take anything they say or do personally, but the first uh, in this episode I think is, you know I think he he qualifies as our first a hole Borg. Hmm. He does a good job at that. But uh, it's funny how much I didn't remember him at all. I'm like who who's this person? I don't, I don't remember this. I this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even really remember. I guess just in, in, it's unfortunate in so many ways. This episode is the the execution in this episode is so forgettable. Like, I think if you gave me a two two or three sentence synopsis, I'd be like, "Oh, that could be a great episode," but it's not. It's not bad. It's just um, pretty middle of the road, even especially for by you know the sixth season. It's kind of weird. We never hear about that baby again. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of hope that worked out somehow. Maybe we'll get some one-off line though, where they found him a home, her a home. Yeah, I also kind of found it unusual. What happened to the board cube? You think they could have salvaged a lot of stuff off of that, or did they blow it up, or did they just kind of leave it drifting in space? True, true. Well, it must have been so pretty badly damaged, otherwise the Borg might have salvaged something from it. They didn't even want to come get it. Well, I mean, it was moving around. It was shooting and, you know, had weapons and that kind of thing. It was powered up. I mean, that's kind of another, we were, you know, we were kind of talking about, um, you know, that this episode's kind of so-so. I mean, it's not bad, but I mean, it's not good. I mean, you know, the end is, the end's kind of drawn out there, you know, when they're in that control room and they're like, um, shut off the shields. I kind of thought that lasted a little bit too long without really much happening. You know, there's like, oh, the board cube's going to explode. And then it doesn't. And they turn it off and the other you called the the a-hole drone dies so i mean yeah just kind of that was kind of drawn out with not really much i'm I'm pretty sure that's how he's credited even in the credits (laughs) just as a a a-hole drone a-hole drone (laughs) but i I guess it's kind of you get a little bit more of an insight into the the board you know obviously you know when they're children they're not really they they go into these maturation chambers and they're they're not really fully integrated into the collective so they kind of have a individuality until they've um um, matured i mean that's you know like you said to get a little insight um seven kind of explains that she talks about how um that order that was infused into her by the borg is still a strength for her to this day and it um it's what helped her um regain her humanity yeah that was a nice scene and and good character moment for seven Good performance by Jerry, of course. So what's the deal with the twins never talking? I mean, obviously in the episode we see two from now, you know, they say something once or something, but why? I wonder if they weren't in SAG yet. Well, they, oh. talked, to, they talked to Nash's Dashes. Yeah, but not here. Right. I wonder if they got this gig uh, and then they were signing them up for SAG and got it completed in time for Ashes Dashes, <laughs> but not here. I'm not kidding. I bet you that's the reason. Because you can't say anything if you're not in right, right. right? Don't you have to pay what? a fine? Isn't that what it is? You know, I'll give them credit for coming up with something new to do, try and do with the Borg. But yeah, I think that the the payoff from this episode makes it worth it. All the, the stuff we're going to get in future episodes. It's perhaps an obvious idea for Seven, but I, I think that they they justify it with the kind of stuff they do with her and, and Echeb and things. Is this episode about anything? Well, obviously, you kind of take out of it, um, you know, your your childhood, the things that you go, you go through and you struggle with in childhood, and um, how they remain with you as an adult. That's kind of how, um, kind of what they were trying to say with Seven. We gotta we gotta peek at into what um, her life as a, a, an immature Borg and then becoming a, a mature Borg was like and um, how that has affected her not only early on in life, but later on in life as she is on Voyager. So um, 
I kind of guess what they're trying to say is like, you know, the things in your, you know, your, your childhood can, or things that happen in your life, they, they can, they have an effect and influence upon you um, throughout your life. Yeah, there's probably, I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's, you know, like we said, I don't think this is a fantastic episode because they kind of have a lot going on, but there is definitely this message of, you know, Seven mentioned how order, she got that order from there, she carries it to with her now, and it helped her through this transition to become human, and you see these adolescent Borg, which I guess really shouldn't exist, right? They're supposed to be in this maturation chamber, and you, if you're a kid or whatever, and you get assimilated, you get put in the thing, and then you come out and you're an adult. Um and of course, in real life, we don't have that luxury, but we also might all be walking around like automatons too, if we didn't have that awkward adolescent stage to, to get through. So I think there's, there's messages about the, the difficulty of the transition of adolescence and, you know, the, the, those trying times and uh, what we, what we gain from it or what the lessons are and, uh, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, there's something there, I think. All right, let's do six degrees for collective. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. This is Manu Ijirami's first appearance as Ichib. How many times will he play this character? Eight, 11, or 14? You'd think by now I would just anticipate that kind of question for one of these recurring <laughs> characters, and I would just know because I'd look it up, but I didn't. Did not. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> the middle one. Yes, 11. You're right. Adam. This is Marley McLean's first appearance as Mizadi. How many times will she play this character? Five, eight, or eleven? Um, I'll go five. Yes, you both got it. (laughs) All right, moving on. One to one. Spirit Folk, Season 6, Episode 17, Production Code 237, Original Air Date, February 23rd, 2000, Directed by David Livingston, Written by Brian Fuller, Music Composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Fenton McCown as Michael Sullivan, Richard Riley as Seamus Driscoll, Ian Abercrombie as Milo, Ian Patrick Williams as Doc Fitzgerald, Henriette Evenos as Maggie O'Halloran, Duffy McIntyre as Grace, and Barbara Dowling as Edith. <laughs> The crew continues to enjoy the Fairhaven holodeck program. The program is set to run continuously, but over time the strain put on the holodeck begins to cause problems. The hologram characters generally realize that the crew can change their world at will. Frightened, the villagers begin to suspect the crew or spirit folk have come to destroy Fairhaven. When Tom and Harry enter the program to repair it, they are captured and held hostage by the holograms who try to make Tom and Harry spill the secrets about their interactions. I thought I would die from the shock of it. Now, Seamus, you're not a great one for telling things the way they were. I'll admit I've been known to add a little color to stories from time to time to liven things up. But with God as my witness, I saw Tom Paris using unnatural powers to fix that wheel of his. Tommy Boy practicing unholy magic. Spirit Folk. I think this is a lovely episode. Let's hear what Adam feels about it. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's fun. Um, I, you know, I think when we we had this episode, this holodeck program a few episodes ago, we all kind of enjoyed that. And um, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I couldn't help but think it's kind of, you know, this holodeck program's it's kind of similar to like... Um, you know, it's a, similar to a virtual reality game, if you will, or, you know, uh, one of those games where you interact in a world and that kind of stuff. And I don't remember. I mean, they had some stuff like that going on in the 90s, but obviously this was kind of ahead of its time. I could kind of see this um, seeing I kind of see this as more this program is kind of more of a game where you kind of go in there and you interact. And obviously the characters are so real and the crew kind of use this as a, a way to escape to kind of their own something that's familiar to them, their own reality. Obviously, you know, Janeway, she's, she has a relationship with the bartender and um, that's helped her. Um, And, you know, they, you know, we've had zillions of um, um, holodeck um, episodes and um, some are good and some are bad. Um, But I think, I think they hit a, hit the good mark on um, Fairhaven here. Um, Like I said, the characters are fun. The interactions are fun. Um, the doctor's great in this as the preacher. He gets to go in there and interact and, you know, um, <laughs> um, preach to them the good the good book. So um, there's a, there's a, 
I don't I don't know how much meaning we'll find out of this episode, but it's kind of like like I said, it's just kind of a good fun romp um, that that they take, and as the audience, we get to take it with them. Steve, did you find it rompy as well? Well, you know, I'm telling you, I, I may have not been in the best mood when I saw it, but I kind of thought it sucked, to be honest. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be straight with you. I mean, I think, I think the thing is, is that it kind of goes downhill worse at the end, you know. But I think that I tell you why. I, it, to me, it feels like it's kind of you take the kind of the nugget that you did we did back with, um, you know, Moriarty and the Sherlock Holmes thing, like getting kind of a cognizance that beyond what a holiday character should have this idea. And so let's do this again. Let's do it with this whole group. But it feels like it's so just out of, for me, it was like so out of everything that that's going on in the ship. I mean, yeah, they they do this program and it just runs. And like the scene where they're all like in a, I, I, you know, I can't help but think that must be some kind of imagining of it. Cause why would there even be, holiday characters like like physically doing their thing if there's no real people there you know what i'm saying like why wouldn't that just go on in the computer and then when someone walks in the holodeck they do that i guess you got to have the visualization of it or whatever that's fine um and i can see how some glitch can happen when do it but then it starts getting a little too convenient like sure enough that whatever the the safeties get knocked off of course the safeties get knocked off when everything starts going awry Mm. and then for me when i really feel it gets dumb is when the doctor gets hypnotized and it gets done into dumb dumb territory for me and then we got you know michael sullivan on the bridge and we have Uh, so a rare disagreement that because like like the doctor getting hypnotized i thought that was that was uh not reaching at all. I thought that was explained perfectly. Okay, well that's cool. You know, like but, he was. Saying, no, yeah. this is this is good. I always <laughs> say. I think our I think our listeners get more out of our podcast when we disagree, but we never disagree. It's so rare. Yeah, yeah. And it's even more rare. Usually, if it, if there's one of us that disagrees, it's Adam. I literally cannot ever remember in a decade of doing this where Adam and I kind of agreed and Steve didn't. I don't think that's ever happened. The one the one the one thing I will come on to Steve's side. Um, about this episode, I kind of feel like it gets, it doesn't really get wrapped up. I'm like, okay, so do they get rid of the program or is it just, are they going to fix it? And, um, um, you can tell me, you guys can tell me this if we actually see these guys again in any of the episodes. I don't remember. No, because once they're self-aware and you've dealt with it, what else do you possibly do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so that was yeah. kind of like my one complaint about the episode. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say this was like the, the best episode ever or oh, yeah, yeah. the best the best holodeck episodes. You know, I edit this podcast so I can just cut out a couple words there and you're going to say, I'm going to sit here and say this is the best episode ever. Right. You go back and listen to these and make you sound like an idiot in a row. <laughs> but, but like brian i think i think brian i just kind of found it fun i mean I do yeah think i think I, look I, it, it 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 wears out its welcome a little bit like there's like at least two scenes in the bar where the town's folk are like telling their stories and convincing each other i'm like you know i didn't we didn't need two of these one is all you needed right it's completely redundant but there are enough just fun moments in it you know the cow and then seamus bringing the cow into the yeah the church that was funny and fun i at the very very end just as an example the quick little interchange there between michael and well katie i guess her her hologram name is holodeck name is and she gives him that book i thought that that was lovely you know that kind of stuff I, i just i enjoy that but you know certainly once you see where the episode is going there's there's an extra scene or two. I think if you were doing this episode today you know, on a streaming service, it wouldn't have been 46 minutes. It would have been like 2038. <laughs> yeah. Mandalorian style or something. So, mm-hmm. well, and I think, I think conceptually, I mean, I'm, I have no problem with what they're doing. Like let's have a living, breathing, uh, you know, hol- holodeck program that just kind of rolls and everyone jumps in and the characters actually go somewhere. And then even the idea of them, to, like all of them getting that we're holodeck characters or, or something close to that, which I'm not sure that they quite got that level of cognizance of what's yeah. going on, but something like that. That's interesting because we haven't seen that for like a community, you know, like the whole program knows what's going on, what's going and, you know, this kind of thing. I, I think just, just tonally or something, I had problems with some of it, you know, because there's, there's like kind of a gravity of it for the for those town folk and then there's a different level 
to the Voyager people. And then certain just kind of convenient things just fall into place. And like why the safeties always have to go off. Like that would think that'd be the, like the last thing that could break, you know, like, you know, they would just build, in, you know, and I get, they have well, to do something to, to create some kind of weight to it. Otherwise it's it the whole thing true that farce, you know, it's just for this episode to be funny. The townsfolk had to come off as stupid. Right. 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 If, if like, imagine the same exact episode, told from completely from their point of view like it it opens and ends on them it's all them and all we see the only time we see voyager crew is when they're in that in their town and we see them from afar kind of thing you know from the voyage from the townsfolk's point of view imagine that and it would be frightening and terrible and these these people are doing unholy magic against us and you know and that's just not funny there's no humor there (laughs) that's just scary and that's right, an entire right. completely different episode. Completely. You know, and it's one of the things that they've they've tried to do here and there in Voyager, um, but I don't think they've really they didn't have a whole lot of focus on it, and I don't think they did a very good very good job, except for maybe once or twice, where they're trying to explore maybe kind of the isolationism, uh the the, the being isolated the way the Voyager crew is. Um and obviously every week, you know, they run into some other alien or some sort of cosmic anomaly that um they have to deal with um but like i think maybe they had a little bit more focus on like you know you know there's probably got to be weeks and months at a time where they don't have any kind of interaction with anything so it's kind of got to get boring so there are these things that the crew would have to do to keep themselves entertained yeah we talked about that last time i remember mentioning when you think about some crazy long-term isolated mission like what voyagers turned out to be 70 light years away heading home you would see how they would totally need something like this that's running 24 7 but i yeah i just don't i think maybe what the the focus wasn't there on like how to how to deal with it um so much maybe you know if there was this like i said if voyager was made today i think there would be a better focus on dealing with the psychological isolation isolation of being out in space by yourself. I mean, like, like I said, you know, every week we get like something that they're involved in and it, you know, it, it pulls the drama, but you got to think in reality, there's got to be months at a time where they don't run into anything or anyone. And it's just, you know, just flying through space. And, you know, I think, I think that's the other thing is, so this is the second episode of, of this, you know, um, you know, the whole Fairhaven spirit folk thing. And, you know, we got something, some background on these characters and we see that, okay, there's a relationship and all this stuff too. But I think that's part of it too, is some of the stuff just doesn't, I don't buy it. You know, it's like essentially when the safeties go off, you have people stuck in there and they don't want to cancel the thing. Jamie was kind of, it's almost like snarky. It's like, no, we'll give them more time. But you know, these people in there, they might not have like firearms or something but if the safeties are off and they got their pitchforks or whatever else they got and it's kind of like now let's see if we can fix it you know do this otherwise we don't wipe away this program like come on you know maybe maybe i'm maybe i haven't got enough exposure to how important this program is for for them on the sure. ship but you figure so, be like so you started uh, with no. lana. you sided with the lana in that scene right you yeah know, yeah you i mean that was crazy <laughs> so keep in mind they're on a ship where the doctor they're aware that he's a hologram but he is their legit friend. You know, I think they probably have, you know, obviously they have more experience and, and are more open to understanding um, the lives of these people. But look, I, I'll certainly agree way too many times. Star Trek, the safeties went off. You know, you didn't have to do that here. All they, all they mm-hmm. had to do was, you know, they shoot at that, that console and make it so they can't, Oh, we can't turn off the program now. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. That's all they needed. They didn't need another safety protocols offline. And I'm sorry. I couldn't help but laugh that the scene, you know, where the doctors, you know, he's, he's preaching to his congregation. It just uh, the thought in my head, okay, you have a hologram preaching to a bunch of holograms that don't know they're holograms. The good book about the Lord and all this stuff and about how to, I mean, just the irony of that was just, I don't know. It just made me giggle through the whole way through that scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, an Android teaching a blind man to paint or is yeah. it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> what is this episode about? That's a good question, Brian. Um, 
I guess it's about knowing reality and what's in, um, it's, that's where the, this kind of, I think where Steve and I will kind of agree. It's kind of hard for me to find anything about what this episode's about. Not that I didn't enjoy it and don't enjoy episodes that don't really have much to say, but I don't really sure what, um, I would just be stretching to find what this episode's about because, you know, dealing with isolation, it was, ism, you know, um, dealing with your, you know, we, you can kind of go back to, to Janeway, you know, she's, she seems to be more attached to this than anybody because, you know, it gives her an outlet that she can't have that other people on the crew can. So I, I, I don't know. What, what do you got, Steve? Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle with what it's about. Obviously I'm not a big fan of it, but I mean, I think if anything, there's something there about, you know, con- considering the viewpoint of, I mean, in this case, it's it's a holodeck program. It's not like they're on the level of what the doctor is, or they haven't had the time with him, you know, with the, with them as they have with him. And so, yet they kind of like try to take their perspective and 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 you know, it's almost like not talking down to them, you know, like recognizing the intelligence behind it, even though if it's really just your ship's computer, you know, um, but the but the intelligence behind it and trying to be respectful of that to individuals. Um, even if you're so far beyond in so many ways, you know, this kind of thing, there could be something like that. Although I don't, not sure if they really, you know, touch that on that enough to be a, a big moral theme or something for it. But yeah. When Janeway rolls her eyes as Tom is apologizing and saying, I'll never turn Maggie mm-hmm. into a cow again. That made me laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> her eye roll. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, let's do six degrees for Spirit Folk. Our score is one-to-one. Adam, are you going first or second? I suppose I'll go first. Uh, this is the last time they're here, so it wasn't really traditional six degrees. We're going to get some trivia-ish sort of stuff. Barbary Dowling, don't know how to say her first name, plays Edith Mulcahy, one of the townsfolk who tells her strange tale of the Spirit Folk. In real life, she was married to what next-gen DS9 star from 77 to 94? Next gen star, who was she married to? Uh, and DS9. Oh, I guess so. Would that be Colin, Colin Meadley? Meanie. Meanie. O'Brien. Yes, that's correct. Steve? Mm hmm. She also appeared. Oh, you're never going to get this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I just, this, is, this is a good question for our listeners to know, to, to be edified about. Uh, she also appeared in John Borman's nutty 1974 sci fi movie with Sean Connery. Name the movie where you can see Sean wearing red underwear while riding a horse. I don't know. This, this movie is, I'm not saying it's good, but it's just about the most banana pants movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it is nuts, nuts, nuts. Adam, do you know the movie? I don't. Zardoz. <laughs> hmm. Go and watch the trailer for Zardoz. You, you, right. What were they smoking? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nuts. Z A R D O Z. Zardoz. It's such it's like the height of uh you know my favorite era in cinema is like late 60s into the mid 70s because you had you know studios studios that have been around for decades failing and you know getting bought out by corporations or whatever and they were to the point where they were just willing to try anything and you got movies like Easy Rider and 2001 um, and mm-hmm. crazy stuff that otherwise we never would have gotten but it it culminates with Zardoz and Zardoz <laughs> kills <it> for everybody <laughs> alright let's move on uh, wait I should recap our score which is Adam to Steve 1 Ashes to Ashes, Season 6, Episode 18, Production Code 238, Original Air Date, March 1st, 2000. Directed by Terry Wendell, story by Ronald Wilkerson, teleplay by Robert Doherty, music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Kim Rhodes as Lindsay Ballard Jetlaya, Marley S. McLean as Mazadi, Manu Njirami as Icheb, Kurt Weatherill as Izan, Cody Weatherill as Rebbe, Scarlett Palmers as Naomi Wildman, and Kevin Lowe as Corette. <laughs> An alien contacts Voyager claiming to be a deceased member of the crew, Ensign Lindsay Ballard, now known as Jilade. She explains that an alien race, the Kabali, reanimated her after a coffin was found in space. 
The Gabali reproduce by altering the DNA of dead individuals of other races. Ballard rejoins Voyager, but finds adjustment difficult. The doctor has managed to restore her physical appearance, but biologically, she still is Kabali. After the reanimation process, they spent months altering my DNA. They were constantly scanning me, injecting me. Just to make you look like one of them? That's how they procreate. They salvage the dead of other races. I was given a Kabali name and placed with a family to help me acclimate. Ashes to ashes. Hmm. Steve, what are you what are you feeling on this one? So I think I think it's one that I think it's an idea that would work a lot better with a lot more time, you know, like in today's world, the the idea of someone and and I don't think you know in reality we ever saw this person on the ship right in the past or something. So right. this came on and then we, you know, have this kind of retro, you know, history stuff of um their relationship so whatever we just kind of assume that that was all off camera we didn't see that fine you know and she she's so you know flippant and snarky it's kind of her way and uh i i think i think the hard part is is that to, you know in any with any actor any combo of characters whatever this really needs more time to to have weight because you can't you we didn't really see this character when when she was really on the ship you didn't you know, you, you don't understand her, what's going on with her enough to want to get back. And then just long enough to turn around and say, I don't belong here. So let's leave again. You know, it, it just seems, it seems too fast to me. All that stuff needs more, more scenes and more understanding to, to really buy it. You know, um, I think the, conceptually it's cool. I think everyone does a fine job and all that stuff. And, and Harry's, you know, the, the one to be on the end of this, he's always got the relationship problems, you know, but, um, that's kind of what I feel about it. I agree that this could have been great if it was in on a more modern show because they could have actually done something. You don't necessarily have to set her up for this, but they could have had like just an actual character that was killed, an actor, actress, mm-hmm. come back a year or two later. Can you just imagine that? Imagine we really had seen this person and she'd been on for a little while and was killed. And then two, three years later, comes back exactly like this and it's one story in the episode and she's on for several episodes and we have time yeah. to really see what she's going through and we we would have connected with her it's from the first time we saw her we would have felt something because she'd been around a couple years earlier for real mm-hmm. you know we would have we would have had a dog in that race yeah um, you know and we would have been invested in her already uh, which is what's needed. Because what breaks this episode for me is that effectively it's an episode about the guest star and that Mm -hmm. generally does not work on Star Trek and it doesn't work here in that way. But if she'd actually been on a few episodes a couple years ago and if she'd come back for a few episodes now, it wouldn't have felt like she was the guest, a guest. It wouldn't have felt like an episode about a guest star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it had been like... Tasha Yar or something and then came back in the yep. third or fourth season in this way exactly. in some weird way something like that yeah I was thinking about that I was, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking yeah uh Adam your your thoughts here yeah I, I I pretty much agree I actually had to go back and look because you know you know who this character reminded me it reminded me of the um ensign that died remember when the doctor had to be repro you know he wanted to be late image re- oh right probably my favorite episode of this uh, yeah that's, I actually had to go I was like is this the same character or not and obviously it's not and I think the episode probably would have benefited more if it was her, you know, if they would have jettisoned her out in the space. Um, I, I agree with both you and Steve. Conceptually, I, I like the idea of this episode. It just doesn't quite come together. I mean, obviously, she spent a long time as a Kabbali, you know, like three or, you know, at least a couple of years. Um, and she wants to escape and she wants to get to, wants to get back to Voyager. Um, it just, yeah, I think the they had to squeeze all this into one episode because, you know, she's happy to be home. She's got her new lick. And then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, I don't want to be here. And it just doesn't, the connection isn't made. You know, they spend more than half of the episode getting her back on the ship, getting her reintegrated onto the ship and where she's getting along. And then all of a sudden she's like, I don't want to be here anymore. So it just, it's just, it feels weird. And I, you know, I'm not disagreeing with those, the story choices that they made, for her to, to go back to her, what she is now, but it's just really rushed in this, you know, 40, 45 minutes 
that they have to do this story. And, and like I said, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm total agreement. If this character was somebody that we'd seen prior, which there are plenty of other characters that have passed on the one from latent image is a perfect example. Then I think we would have had a little bit more connection to it. And for people that are, that are like, well, that's not fair. You're kind of comparing this or, or judging this based, you know, against modern shows. Well, our podcast is about right yeah we're we're we are looking at these things with modern eyes and seeing how they hold up and the lack of any sort of story continuity is what has dated some of these these shows more than anything else but it's not like it's unheard of or they never do it literally in this episode we have the board kids from two episodes back in a significant b storyline which is, which is a great example of a B storyline too. I mean, yeah. it, this, it really yep. worked. I mean, it yep. was kind of like, oh, great, I'll just keep doing this. <laughs> it's the it's the exact right level of of uh, Im- importance for a B storyline, which is to say, not terribly important, but mm-hmm. it's still worth something. And it's specifically about seven, you know, one of our main characters. And you you tell the whole thing in maybe three scenes. That's that. That's all you need. And it's this good, solid uh, B storyline, but it's 100% uh, serialized storytelling. It's it's continuity from two episodes earlier. It's the first of the of the board kids episodes. And if and, and that's the thing, if you can't do this on the way TV was back then, well, then maybe you should reconsider doing it. You know, well, and, and also two episodes ago when we were discussing that episode that um, collective that we all agreed was mediocre. We all were giving it a little more credit. Why? Because within context of Voyager, it's meaningful and, yeah, and it's yeah. worth it's worth more than those forty four minutes or whatever, forty two minutes, because we know where it's going. And this is the first time they come back. I'm I'm a trucker. I I live in this universe. I go on this journey. I I you know we we've seen this in in all modern shows. It's more insightful into the human condition when we spend time with these characters and see them grow or not grow you know we see we see what happens to them so uh, i can imagine a world where ashes to ashes is a very like when when she leaves at the end of the episode when she's choosing to leave if that was a tasha yar type thing i mean that would be very emotional we 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 were with her for a couple of years and now it's been years and we thought she was dead and we got her back for a few episodes, but now she's leaving again. You know, that, that would have been pretty emotional, but here it, it's just another single episode guest star leaving. I don't know. Look, it's all about what is that, what is the story and, and the characters in that story? How are they best served? And most of the time we're not bringing up this serialized storytelling issue uh, because the stories they're telling, they're not necessarily sacrificing the quality of those stories because they're not doing them in any kind of serialized way. Not true for this episode. The story they're trying to tell in this episode specifically is less effective because they're doing it start to finish in one hour of television. So the idea is very solid, but it doesn't hit me in any of the kind of emotional ways they want it to because I don't know who this lady is. I know I've never seen her before. I know I'm never going to see her again. You know, it's she's trying to sell it to me. Harry's trying to sell it. Uh, uh, Garrett is trying to sell it to me. But I don't know who she is. The actress this, is good. For was this story, name? I need to. And yeah, I was, was her name Kim Robes? Is that right? Yeah, she was solid. Yeah, she, she was solid. solid. Um, she had good chemistry with Kim, Garrett. I mean, and I, you know, you, I felt bad for Kim at the end of the episode. I mean, you know, obviously this is the, the running theme, you know, and even... You know, Tom mentions it, you know, in one of the hallways, oh, you've always fall for the wrong girls. And this always seems to be, um, seems to happen to Kim. I mean, but I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty an emotional thing. Not only did you um, have to watch, you know, somebody that you had a crush on for a number of years die initially, and then you had to bury her. Then she comes back, she wants to be with you. And then all of a sudden she wants to leave. Um, that's, that's got to be almost soul-crushing. And for the record, him. she chose to leave after she spent the night with him, which, you know, it's got to make you feel like maybe, <laughs> like your, worse, right? maybe your performance is not up to snuff there. Uh-huh. <laughs> if, if, um, the next day, she's like, 
Bye. Don't say goodbye. I think one of the ways that this episode would have been better served if maybe they just had one end scene there where you just kind of see Kim where he's kind of messed up, maybe Tom or Chakotay or somebody just comes and talks to him you know we've seen that we've seen that at the end of episodes before where you know you have that well they had that but it was with it was from the little board girl i'm like this is is, this is weird that he's going off with her i don't know yeah yeah it it doesn't seem as much fun to go mess with two box program now yeah once he went out there but yeah i mean i I think he should they should have had him more distraught because they had to be an an emotional roller coaster ride for him I mean, yeah. So, so I mean, given the given the context of what you have to work with here, if you're not really dealing with a character we've seen before and all that, I think that the performances are good. I think that's all cool. And and you know, you were talking earlier about the uh, how you judge things based on now. I mean, but that's what makes this interesting, right? I mean, we probably would view this episode differently if we were reviewing it when we first started recording this podcast. You know, however long ago, just because times change, you 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 can't help but look at things in the context of where you are now, and so and and we are, and I think what's interesting is we look at these series ranging over a span of fifty some fifty years, and you don't, you know, I don't I don't specifically recall, but we probably had something to say about something that was related across episodes in the original series, even though that was extremely rare. And if we were looking at Discovery now, we'd probably have something to say about an episode. It's like, that's a particularly good standalone episode. You know, that stuff is going to happen, but just because that's what makes this interesting is that you see the transition of things and the world it's, it's, it's in. And it's, it's, it's fascinating. And that's something that's unique to Star Trek. Yeah. You know, there's very little, little else that, yeah. that's been around so long that, that, that you can do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Very little. Yeah. So here we are in that kind of middle ground, you know, where there you see the beginnings of this kind of television. And you, we just say, I mean, if we had been reviewing this um, the night after it first aired, you know, nearly 20 years ago, um, we might still have had problems with it. We just wouldn't have the, the context of the world we live in to say, it'd be better if hypothetically you could tell stories over the span of 10 episodes or something like that. You know, it, it, it we just talk about how we didn't relate to the, couldn't relate to the character because we hadn't seen her before or something, you know? So. Well, and it's kind of the exact opposite. You know, we were talking about the board children, you know, we're going to get them over a, a number of different episodes. Um, and, you know, that's they kind of got that right, and is where something like you know, how many times have we said that this season? You know, if we they would have spread this out over a few episodes, it would have been a much better storyline. That's true. It we have said that a lot, and yeah. especially in this season, haven't we? But the, the, huh. not to not to cry, but this has been a very good season. I, I feel like six has been been a very good season, and we'll get we'll get to that more towards the end. I feel that way for the last couple episodes. I, I kind of want I kind of wonder if you know because obviously we've lived in a world for several years where that's been the primary you know, television, you know, modern television, the, the best television has been that kind of thing where they tell it over multiple episodes. And I kind of wonder if we talk that way because it's so close to pushing it. You know what I'm saying? We're, you know, we, back when we were reviewing Enterprise, which came on after this for a few years after, later, and they were definitely in that middle ground where, you know, let's, we want to tell these stories over time, but maybe the world wasn't quite there yet. And so, you know, that suffered, but, you know, toward the end of Voyager, maybe the world was kind of getting, kind of considering that you know it wasn't unheard of anymore you know so maybe they're riding toward it but didn't quite have the you know the confidence and the um the context of you know production and and the instructions they were given to span these things out you know so maybe that's why we've mentioned that so often because there's hints of it or something well i mean it was really the when dvd like season box sets started coming out and that people could you know binge watch it binge watch stuff was the first time serialized storytelling started to be a little more okay. You know, people talk about uh, 24, that television show, which I believe launched its first season at the same time as Enterprise. Um, but when that thing started coming out, when it had its DVD, you know, first season box set come out, it, that's when you really started and they saw how people were consuming it. You know, and then of course, right after that, we get streaming and, and, and and so, you know, the point is the reason they were so hesitant before is because they felt like people would miss an episode. It was hard to, it was harder to catch an episode. And if you missed it, they thought you wouldn't keep watching. And they had data to back that up on DS9, um, which was more story t- serialized than usual. And the ratings to gen- generally were poorer compared to the other shows. And especially when they, when they were doing continuations. Uh, but, the reasons why 
I don't really care in you now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, like, well, that's what you were saying, Brian. That's kind of does do these things hold up? And that's part of the purpose of our podcast is do they hold up in modern times? And I think for the most part they do. I mean, you know, it's kind of like if you know if we were doing a, a doing a show review of something that you know the the honeymooners or something like that that came on the fifties or sixties. I mean, there'd be a, a vast difference between those decades and say the decades of the eighties and nineties. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're not relevant or they don't have anything to say. I mean, just you know, different time, different era. Well, speaking about relevance and having something to say, is this episode about anything? For me, it's kind of hard to pinpoint because it's an unusual concept. You die, you're brought back, and you're kind of turned into um, a, another being. So that's kind of hard to relate to <laughs> from um, our our own little perspective. But I think what they're kind of what they're trying to say here is is like you you kind of you are what you are. You can't escape who and what you are. And um, with um, Ensign Ballard, she's no longer human. She is a Kampali, and she has to. Even though they the lines on that are gray, I don't really feel like they did a very good job separating um, Ensign Ballard from um, the new person because it's it's so blurry there. I think that's kind of what they're trying to say is like, you know, you have to be true to yourself. Otherwise you, you, you can't grow and, and, and live your fullest life is, is kind of what I think they're trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think in some ways this is kind of a classic, you can't go home again kind of episode of, uh, uh, you know, that kind of story, you know, look, you can't go home again. We change that kind of thing. I mean, that's something we all can relate to. We, 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 uh, we grow, we change in a variety of ways, and sometimes we, we return to some context, we go back to a place, we go back to a friendship, a relationship, whatever, and it's just like, you know what, I'm, I'm just too different now. And, and the problem is why this doesn't work is what we've already alluded to, is that you've got you've to have stock in the character, you've got to feel it. I mean, if they could tell this story with either someone we've seen before, or somehow tell this kind of story about a main character going back in this, you know, some kind of sci-fi way they've been changed and go back to some scenario and see that and see how that, you know, how that affects them, then you've got something, but we don't have any vested interest in this person so we can recognize what they're trying to say but i don't know if there's any any feeling to back it up and make it make to make it a good episode you got to have you got to have i think the the premise the um what you're what you're trying to tell and you also have to if you really want to make it something real you've got to make it make the audience feel it and because of the many reasons we've already spoken of we don't have that here Let's do six degrees for Ashes to Ashes. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Kurt Wetherill plays Azan, one of the Borg Kid twins. And how many episodes did he play this character? Three, six, or nine? Mm. Uh, three. No, I'm not going to give Adam that question. Uh, Adam, Cody Wetherill. Cody Wetherill plays Azan, one of the Borg Kid twins. And how many episodes did he play this character? Three, six, or nine? I'm going to say six. Yes, it was six. (laughs) (laughs) Which one was the one that spoke? (laughs) (laughs) Which one got into SAG? I'm not sure. (laughs) I guess there was a little bit of Star Trek news this week. They signed Mm -hmm. that the Fargo guy, whatever his name is, to do Mm -hmm. the next movie. Who knows if they'll actually get paid? How many times? Are they- right. <laughs> I was I was excited to have the first woman, S.J. Clarkson, direct the movie, but you know, then she, you know, they they basically canceled that movie, and then she left to go do a Game of Thrones show, and now that's been canceled. So sucks for her <laughs> trying to get right, a job. Right. But um, I'll tell you this: if they're if it's just another standalone movie, I'm not going to be all that excited. Um, I kind of feel like they need to figure out a way to. Well, move, what the, we move don't the story know, along, you know, or you know, tie it back into the prime universe, or I don't, I don't know what the we don't know if he pitched something to them or if they if JJ just asked him if he wanted to do it. I'm kind of curious to know if he pitched something, but because um, who knows? Although, as much as I like the last movie, it's kind of just a standalone movie on its own. It's kind of which was great I, for the 50th anniversary, you know, it was right, fun. right. But, but I mean, it's just I mean, you could you. Like I said, I, I really enjoyed the I last Star Trek film, but you could you could. I have a hard that. time seeing them setting something up because if they do another one with Chris Pine, Zach Quinto, and those and those folks, it's got to be the last one, right? I mean, there's I'm surprised we're going to get another one, but if we do, that's got to be it. 
So I've always kind of hoped that they, I always kind of wish that they would at least try to fix the timeline somehow, or I, I don't know. But let's just well, it's an alternate timeline. I've made peace with that. They fixed it, as far as I'm concerned, by giving us uh, um, uh, another show based in the prime timeline. That just confirmed for me that the JJ movies are an alternate timeline, and all of our shows are good to go. <laughs> if Discovery had been in uh, the Kelvin universe, I'd I'd be with you. I'd, I'd want them to fix it. <laughs> I guess I'm saying I don't feel like they they have anything to fix now. Well, I mean, from my point of view, I mean, you know. Th- thematically or storytelling wise i mean what else can you do i mean to kind of do something other than just a standalone movie and i think that's kind of where star trek has suffered on the big screen as they keep it's it's almost kind of like what bond was before you know they got into the the current the current bonds it's just it's just a it's just another star trek well that's not a great example because the the current bonds that are that have had a little bit of a continuity <laughs> no that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i'm saying um, as have, opposed, have you know, been hit or miss but i mean you know there's a theme throughout the the movies where i don't of the bond movies i don't want to get into the, the bond movies too much but that's what i'm saying you know like you can take each of these star trek movies and you know you can kick one of them out and you're not going to miss anything story-wise um because it's just a it's just a standalone movie encapsulate you know by itself so i mean i'm what i'm trying to say is i'm looking for something a little bit more thematic story-wise continuation or something to say um whereas it's just i haven't seen that in the last couple of films i'm with you cool trust me i'll go watch it regardless but I mean, of course sure I'm, I'm hoping for something a little bit more well we are uh, fast approaching picard so getting pretty excited about that let's see what's going on um i think we're gonna actually we're gonna literally post this episode on thanksgiving which is uh Odd, I know, but uh, we we have plenty of international listeners, and I'm they don't care about Thanksgiving. <laughs> and for our U.S. listeners, hey, you'll have something to listen to while you wait in line on Black Friday. <laughs> I haven't talked to you guys about this yet, but my my guess is we're going to do one more regular episode, uh, and then we'll our episode after that will be like our annual holiday episode, which I think I know what I want to do, but I haven't talked to the guys yet about that. So regardless, that means either way, we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next three episodes of Voyager's sixth season. Uh, between now and then, you can get in touch with us by sending an email to trekcompanion at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash trekcompanion. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya.